The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. The U.S. Congress is still having to work on a border package. Ed Baxter is covering that story and more from San Francisco, Ed. Yeah, that's because uh, the Senate vote delivered a death blow again, or for now, Brian, to efforts to impose new border restrictions. On this vote, the yeas are 49, the nays are 50, three-fifths of the senators duly chosen and sworn not having voted in the affirmative. The motion is not agreed to. Yeah, see, they needed 60 votes. You can see how bitterly from just that clip of how things are in the Senate. But Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he expects widespread support for a vote on a package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan aid divorced from the U.S. border funding. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is uh, well as calling for it. Now, House Speaker Mike Johnson is trying to explain today how his vote counting for yesterday's Mayorkas impeachment vote could have gone so very, very wrong. Sometimes uh, when you're counting votes and people show up when they're not expected to be in the building, it changes the equation. But listen, we have a duty and a responsibility to take care of this issue. We have to hold the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security accountable. Now, he says the vote will come back when Majority Whip Steve Scalise is back, so it's not over. A day after the move to impeach him, the House failed. Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas is in Las Vegas, making sure the Super Bowl is secure as possible. He says no credible threats at the moment, but... Our countering weapons of mass destruction office has deployed cutting-edge detection technology to safeguard against the calamity that such weapons can cause. And says the impeachment charges against him come from Republicans in disarray. Is that true? Well, uh, RNC Chair Rhonda McDaniel stepping aside. What does it do to the GOP? Does Nikki Haley have any standing, or is it all Trump now? Bloomberg's Nancy Cook says for now, trying to give the image of neutrality. Now, she does say there was a move to make Trump the official nominee. They should just already call Trump the presumptive nominee. Right. They should just move ahead. And there was pushback on that. You know, the RNC had one of their big annual meetings um, last week in Vegas, and there was a lot of pushback on that, that they needed to remain neutral. And so I think that they are doing this veneer of neutrality. But at the same time, Trump is basically like remaking the RNC behind the scenes to suit him. So South Carolina's next. And of course, there is a possibility he could be convicted of something in the 91 counts outstanding against him. Haley says she's still in. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has rejected the Hamas hostage release proposal. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who's in Israel, says the Hamas response does have some non-starters, but he'll continue working on a plan and he will not give up. We're looking at it intensely, uh, as is, I know, the the government of Israel. uh, And uh, there's a a lot of work to be done, but um, we are very much focused on Uh, doing that work. Now, Netanyahu says Israel can achieve complete victory over Hamas within months. Global News, 24 hours a day, whenever you want it, with Bloomberg News Now in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter. This is Bloomberg. Brian. Yeah, thanks very much. Six minutes here past the hour. Brian Curtis and Doug Krisner. And we look now at the top business stories of the hour. China has replaced the head of its securities regulator. Bloomberg's Yvonne Mann has more from Hong Kong. 
Yi Huiman has been replaced by Wu Qing as the new chairman and party chief of the China Securities Regulatory Commission. The abrupt dismissal of the 59-year-old was a surprise, as officials of his rank typically retire at 65. The move may foreshadow more forceful measures by President Xi Jinping's government. China has been trying to end a route in the country's $8 trillion stock market. The removal of Yi Huiman echoes a move back in 2016 when a market chief was was also removed after a sell-off. In Hong Kong, I'm Yvonne Mann, Bloomberg Radio. Well, today Alibaba reported disappointing sales for the fourth quarter. These numbers reflect weak performance at Baba's core domestic e-commerce business. Now, on the positive side, Alibaba said it would increase its stock buyback by 25 billion U.S. over the next three fiscal years. Here's Bloomberg's Catherine Lim from BI on why that didn't move the needle with investors. They are going to be spending more in 2024. They've also highlighted that there are uncertainties in market conditions that may actually hamper divestment plans, including the IPO of Tainiao. So these were the two key things that actually um, stood out that overshadow the enlarged share buyback program by the company. That is Bloomberg's Catherine Lim. Separately, Alibaba said it did cut 20,000 workers over the course of last year, and the ADRs here in New York traded down nearly 6%. Brian? Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how those shares trade later this morning once we get to uh, the open. And we'll also be getting uh, that PPI and CPI data coming at the bottom of the hour. Well, shares in chip designer ARM rose as much as 42% in late trading. The company gave a surprisingly bullish forecast showing its push beyond smartphones is fueling growth and profitability. Revenue for the first quarter will be $850 to $900 million. And that beats average analyst estimates of 778 million. Executives said that the smartphone industry accounts for about a third of the company's sales. The news sent ARM shares on a startling rally at one point up more than 30 percent, finishing the uh, late trading session up more than 20 percent. After the bell, we heard from Disney. The company reported uh, results for the fiscal first quarter above estimates, and the company issued an upbeat profit outlook for the full year. This is thanks largely to some cost-cutting along with the strong performance of its international theme parks. Disney is also boosting its cash dividend by 50%, and the company is now targeting stock buybacks in fiscal 24 worth about $3 billion. To boot, Disney also said it's going to invest about $1.5 billion for an equity strike in uh, Epic Games. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Let's take a closer look now at the Disney story with our own Chris Palmieri. He is Bloomberg team leader for media and entertainment. He joins us from Los Angeles. Chris, thanks for stopping by. How do you understand these numbers? Uh, What's your take? Well, uh, you know, this was an initiative that uh, CEO Bob Iger announced about a year ago, and um, they've said they've cut $7.5 billion in costs out of business, a lot of layoffs, over 7,000 people. Uh, but you're now seeing the results of that from a profit standpoint. The revenue is about, it was flat sort of the same period last year, but profits were up nicely. And in fact, they said um, they expect earnings per share for the whole uh, fiscal year to climb about 20%, and that's, that's ahead of what analysts expected, which is why you see the reaction of the stock. How persistent will cost-cutting be going out over a number of years? 
Uh, I think uh, Iger has said that uh, the cost cutting is sort of over now. This is a period of rebuilding. Uh, you know, he came in a little more than a year ago uh, to retake this job, and um, his goal was to turn the thing around. And his sort of first initiative was to uh, to make the cuts in a company that sort of spending had gone out of control. And uh, you're now seeing the benefits of that. And for example, a huge reduction in the losses in the streaming uh, businesses of Disney, which had been a huge drag, a billion plus drag uh, on earnings. So he's now in the position of sort of uh, strengthening the movie and TV lineup and 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 looking for strategic partners. Uh, uh, for example, the the new sports uh, service that they announced this week. Yeah, I got to ask about that. So ESPN is joining forces with Fox Corp and uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. This is going to be a sports focused streaming service. I'm going to liken it to Hulu for sports. Is that a fair analogy? It's exactly what people are calling it. Yeah, because if you remember, Hulu began it was called NBC, uh, ABC, and uh, Fox uh, putting their shows on the next day. Uh, so this is the same content that, that you would see on on ESPN or or Fox or on the Turner networks. Uh, but you'll you'll pay a price. Some some people suggesting forty, fifty dollars a month uh, to get that, and you know, obviously that's a little cheaper than the cable bundle. Uh, but the, the companies have all said that this is is uh, not so much aimed at getting people to cancel cable uh, as as picking up the people who just have, uh, haven't signed up for it, the court nevers, they call them, uh, younger people who are sports fans and will pay a, a monthly fee. So this is about seeing the content. Uh, when I first saw this story, I thought, oh, my, I wonder how that will work on bidding. But they will not be bidding together, right? Uh, this, the, everything will, will stay the same in terms of bidding for, for the rights. Well, I think we're just beginning to see, because Disney and the other companies hadn't really discussed it with everyone, the reaction from some of the other players. We saw the um, uh, stocks of local TV station owners take a big hit. A company called Fubo that sells a sort of sports online package uh, took a big hit. Uh, we've seen sort of a little bit of uh, wariness on part of the uh, sport, some of the sports leagues uh, as they try to figure all this out. Theoretically, at least, the, the, the three companies would still negotiate for their sports rights separately, and then uh, you know whatever comes of that would be passed along to this new streaming bundle. Let me ask about uh, Disney's announcement today that it's going to invest $1.5 billion for an equity stake in Epic Games. Is, what's the strategy here? Well, Bob Iger explained it today. Uh, Disney's had its ups and downs with the video game business. At one point, they owned studios around the country and had their own console game that they sold and lost a lot of money and ended up getting out of that business and instead just began licensing uh, their titles, uh, you know, Star Wars, whatever, to uh, to uh, independent producers. And this is sort of a kind of a in-between strategy on that. Uh, Epic Games has the Fortnite brand, which is, feels to a lot of younger people that would sort of like all of the Disney characters, Marvel, Star Wars, uh, Indiana Jones. And um, and so they're also taking an equity investment in, in Epic Games. So uh, so they'll be licensing and, in a, in a way, owning. How strong is the activist pressure at the moment? Very strong. We have two sets of activists who are trying to seek board seats at Disney. Uh, one is Nelson Peltz, who's returning uh, from last year. It's it's interesting that he gave up a year ago, uh, right after an earnings report where Bob Iger announced all those 
uh, cuts in jobs and 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 restructuring, and now that you're seeing the fruits of it, it it, it almost seems like a direct, uh, you know, uh, stab at at Peltz, who's you know Disney has rejected the activists, uh, and um, you know Iger, you know, is trying to show here that you know he has a strategy. Yeah, we also have Blackwell's Capital as an activist, and I was reading a note yesterday. Uh, they essentially say that it might be worthwhile for Disney to consider spinning off of the theme park properties and, and basically uh, chopping up the company into three different units. Do you think that is even feasible? Would, would Iger even go along with something like that? You know, that's something Iger himself hinted in a little way at last year. I know from time to time people have suggested forming, say, a real estate investment trust with all the theme parks and hotels that the company owns. I was a little surprised that nobody... Um, uh, asked uh, and the analyst on the earnings call today asked the management about that. Uh, it might be a reflection of the fact that they had so much other news, <laughs> uh, or just that no one is particularly taking uh, that investor group seriously. They have a very small uh, position in Disney shares, and so uh, it doesn't carry as much punch as, say, Nelson Peltz. Chris, you know, the company was under a lot of pressure for a considerable period of time, uh, both in terms of the share price, its reputation, and then also from the activist investors. Uh, But it seems like we're starting to hear more now about it turning the corner. Is it safe to say that Bob Iger is back on top? Uh, you know, he, he will Is that what you're be, hearing from investors? Well, I think, I think, uh, you know, there's so much uncertainty in, uh, in the media landscape these days. Um, if you look at Disney's portfolio, you could certainly see, uh, concerns. The, the traditional TV, TV business is really, uh, declining at a double digit rate. Uh, some of that was related to the strikes last year in Hollywood, but, uh, even this latest announcement, uh, of a sports streaming bundle has a lot of people scratching their heads. There was not a lot of details. And, um, you know, there are many uh, issues that still remain. So um, although the stock is doing uh, better, uh, I don't think anyone believes Disney has really cracked this whole new media landscape. Is anyone concerned about the lack, what appears to be the lack of a succession plan right now? I mean, Iger's not going to be around for much longer, is he? Uh, a couple, three uh, years, he's, he, he re-upped again. Uh, he always does. Um, uh, you know, he's, he addressed succession issues, saying, you know, there was, um, you know, they were continuing to explore. In the Disney's proxy, they mentioned, I think, the succession, you know, group of the board met was it four times last year and, and has hired an outside recruiter and looking at internal and external candidates. Um, so um, that process continues, but uh, uh, Bob isn't going anywhere anytime soon, it doesn't look like. One of the bright spots is always uh, always seems to be uh, the parks, uh, although during the pandemic that wasn't the case, but you could understand it. Um, we mentioned that um, global parks uh, performed well. Uh, what about domestic? Uh, it's what what happened is you know once they reopened the the theme parks really uh, surged and were a huge part of profits and still are a big part of profits. Disney World in Florida was flattish. Attendance was down. It speaks to just an overall sort of, you know, people done with that sort of revenge travel. Uh, and uh, But Disneyland in, in California uh, still did well. But And the, the, big, the big jump profit-wise was internationally. It, it, the parks in China, for example, were closed for a long time to, due to the pandemic and had just more recently reopened. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast.
You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.